And I remember when we were going through this, I set an alarm in my phone that said, have the guts to be poor. And what that meant to me was don't get trapped by your success, right? Like, remember why you're doing what you're doing. And we knew going into it, like, this is going to really impact um, our profitability. But we knew we had to do it because at the end of the day, that's the only way for a company to stay relevant for 25 years. You know, if it's really going to take us 25 years to end metabolic disease, we've got to be relevant for that long. We've got to be trusted for that long. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. I'm so pumped to bring you today's guest, super inspirational conversation with Tom Bilyeu, co-founder and president of Quest Nutrition, where he leads the company's sales and marketing teams, as well as providing the driving force behind the company culture of passion and transformation. He's got big goals ahead of him for this company. Having grown up in a family that struggled with obesity, Tom brings an intense enthusiasm to Quest's mission to end metabolic disease. Tom and his partners have been working as a team for 13 years across multiple companies. Quest, however, is unlike anything else they've ever done before. Historically driven by an obsessive focus on profitability and companies designed to be sold, They founded Quest with the goal of building a company with a mission, a company designed to last. To do so, they asked themselves one question, what would we love doing even if we were failing? The answer to that question was Quest Nutrition, a company built upon the foundation of delivering unparalleled value to customers by solving the grand challenges of human metabolism. By the end of their third year, Their third year, Quest was named as the second fastest growing private company in America, growing at over 57,000% according to Inc. Magazine's 5,000. Brace for impact. Don't be a podcast junkie. Bust out your pen and paper and take some notes. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Super pumped for you to be here. We always start out our conversations with this really fun question, which is, if you could pick any superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? Well, first of all, thank you, man, so much for having me on the show. I really uh, respond to the idea of being an impact entrepreneur, so it's an honor to be here. And then I think this is going to be one of my favorite questions to answer, something that I have spent a distressing amount of time thinking about. Uh, superpowers is is a personal fascination of mine. Um, and the answer for me is... Uh, very simple, and I think is the ultimate answer for superpowers. But if somebody has a better one, man, let me know. I'm all ears. Uh, And that is the ability to, through simple thoughts and words, be able to change matter into any other kind of matter. Uh, 
Uh, so take uh, cancer, for instance, rather than having to actually understand what's going on with cancer, that you would be able to uh, simply say, I want to turn that into healthy tissue and it becomes healthy tissue. And you can get really crazy and look at how it would impact something like terraforming Mars, which um, if you are as interested in uh, Mars and that kind of stuff as I am, they're estimating that it would take about a thousand years to make Mars habitable on the outside without a spacesuit or whatever. Um, and, you know, with this particular superpower, you'd be able to do it a lot faster. <laughs> I think that that taking that superpower, we can actually apply the essence of it, which comes down to thoughts and words, and actually use it in, in real life through the way that we that we speak to each other, that we speak to ourselves. and And apply that to changing our own mindset. Have you seen that kind of work out in real life? I, I have. And I think this is one of the most important things for anybody to understand, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is that your thoughts, your thoughts, I, I almost can't believe that this is real, but your thoughts have a massive impact on your brain. And when you think about rewiring um, the brain and you talk about uh, neuroplasticity and how myelin works, when you reinforce a thought pattern in your brain, myelin connects those um, neurons together to increase the rate at which the electricity can cross the neurons. And so as they say, neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you're focusing on something that makes you anxious or scared or fearful, um, then that's, you're going to create a super highway between that stimulus and that response. If on the other hand, you do the reverse and you take something and you force yourself, like even take something that would initially make you feel anxious, nervous, whatever, you can flip that and force yourself to start thinking in those times of you at your best, obsessively envisioning you doing well, winning at that. Um, and then those neurons will begin to wire together, even though all you're doing is imagining it. And that, that's something, man, that's had really big impact in my life. It's, a, it's amazing that, that the number one competitor that, that we encounter every day is just the voice inside of our head. It's, a, it's our brain. And if we can use that, the essence of your superpower, it, it, we, can, we can kill that competitor and, and be champions. Yes. You know, when we were talking before, uh, you told me something that was interesting, which was that you weren't a born entrepreneur. I would never have guessed that. And so why are you an entrepreneur? What was the impact moment or moments that launched you on the trajectory that you're on now? Yeah, I'm, I am very much not a born entrepreneur. In fact, I am the exact opposite. My parents taught me to be a good employee, to do as little work as possible, um, keep my head down and avoid punishment at all costs. Like that, that was my life growing up. I didn't have a lemonade stand. Uh, I actually did have a paper out. This is super embarrassing, but I wouldn't go collect the money, uh, because I was afraid to knock on people's doors. Like I had just enough social anxiety, um, that I delivered cause they, I don't know if it's still the case, but back when I was a kid, they paid you in two ways. They gave you like a sort of basic salary, um, just to go grab the stuff and and take it around, which was like crazy below minimum wage. And then you got your real money from knocking on doors and and collecting it. But I only ever got the automatic part of that money. So I, not only did I start off as a, 
a terrible entrepreneur. I actually started off as a pretty bad employee. <laughs> so um, for me, the the wake up moment was really in my mid twenties. If I'm honest, I've always been an ambitious guy. Like I always knew there were things I wanted to do with my life. They were big, they were grand, but they existed in the realm of dreams. Right? I dreamed big, but I didn't execute on anything. And so I had this sense that my life could be more. I could do more. Um, but I was trapped, but I didn't know what I was trapped by. So the movie, The Matrix, really gave me the framework with which to begin to think about my life. And I felt like a world had been pulled over my eyes, but it took me a long time to figure out what that was, right? Because I don't, look, I don't think that I'm secretly trapped in some battery farm somewhere, but I think that, (laughs) I think that our mindset is the, the real world equivalent of The Matrix. And your mindset is a construct, right? That's the whole thesis in the matrix is that because the world that you see was built by, in this case, machines, but because it was a process of decision-making, then you could make different decisions and have a different outcome. And once you realize that something is a construct, you can begin to change it. And there's an awesome Steve Jobs quote along the same lines. Like once you realize that the world is created by people no smarter than you, you realize that you can go in and, and make changes. And that is so true. But to get out of the matrix, you really have to change your mindset. You have to change the way you think. You have to stop allowing yourself negative thoughts. You have to stop allowing yourself to believe things about yourself, even if they're true, that don't move you forward. And so for me, the process of becoming an entrepreneur was really the process of understanding that I could control my mindset. I could take control of my destiny, not only from a, I don't have to exist in somebody else's company, ecosystem, whatever, I could start my own, but that I could totally take control of my financial destiny as well by letting there be a direct correlation between my efforts and what I got back. And that that was a real breakthrough for me. The Matrix is an amazing story. And yeah, you do have to fight. I mean, if you look at the, the whole movie, it's a it's a battle. I mean, changing your mindset is a is a battle. And it, you know, there are f- powers that be that are that are constantly trying to pull us back to the quote unquote current reality uh, and keep us there. And I think that the matrix is an amazing uh, example of, of what it takes to really change your mindset. It's not something that comes easy along those lines. You know, you, you know, just like uh, Neo had Morpheus in the movie as a mentor to kind of guide him, how important has mentorship been in your life, especially in your entrepreneurial journey, since you weren't uh, a natural born entrepreneur? Mentorship has been everything to me. And, you know, people often ask me who have been my mentors. And I've had mentors in real life. There's no question in many ways, the guys who are now my business partners have just been a wealth of knowledge and information. But the people who really, really mentored me have been authors of books. And my deep sense of gratitude to people for taking the time across like eons in some cases to have taken the time to put their wisdom down in a book and put it out into the universe so that other people may learn easily what they learned hard, like is, dude, it's amazing. And one day I really do want to write a book if for no other reason than to pay that forward and to say, hey, here's all the stuff that I had to learn with a great amount of difficulty. Um, and I'm putting it out there so that you can learn it easily. And that, oh man, it's a, it's a great tradition that we do to write down that knowledge so that it could be passed on. I hope that you do write a book because I, I know I'm confident that it would be a bestseller uh, because of the the mission that 
that birthed this great company, Quest Nutrition. And I read on your site that companies only have a chance at true greatness when they are driven by a mission. And then I heard you say somewhere else that the mission of Quest was born out of misery. And, and so maybe you could unpack that a little bit for us and tell us the story about how Quest was born. And maybe since we haven't really specifically said what the mission of Quest is yet, maybe you can you can tell us that as well. Absolutely. And I, I say that Quest was a company born out of misery a little bit tongue in cheek, but then the truth is it's true, man. So let's flash back. My partners and I, um, at the time, actually, we weren't partners. They saw me giving a lecture talking about psychology and how to use media to influence buying, influence buying behavior. And this was way before social media. So um, they thought, wow, this is interesting. This guy takes this um, approach of psychology that they were just then starting a technology company and they needed a copywriter. And they told me, look, we, um, we don't look for employees. We look for partners and we just settle for employees. And so don't think of yourself as an employee. Think of yourself as a potential partner. You can have any role in this company that you want. You just have to do the hard work of becoming the right person for that job. And you have to acquire those skills. And I was just young enough and just dumb enough to take them at their word. And I really went after it, man. And I worked my ass off trying to acquire the skills that I needed to become someone that contributed meaningfully to that company. And um, over you know, the intervening years, had worked my way up in the company to the point where they ended up giving me equity in the company for my contributions. And it was really, really amazing. But at the end of the day, we were all in on building this company for one simple reason. We were trying to get rich. And getting rich, at least for me, just wasn't um, fulfilling. It didn't give me any lasting sense of purpose or joy in my life. And I found myself um, in it, you know, by the time we sold it, it was eight and a half years. So I find myself eight and a half years into this and I'm making more money than I've ever made before. We're winning awards. I'm standing in this beautiful conference room overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And I turn to my partners and I'm like, I'm so unhappy. I have to quit. And I, you know, gave them back their equity. And I said, look, I don't think anybody that doesn't cross the finish line should, should get anything. Um, and left and left there to embark on a life of purpose and a life of lasting fulfillment. And before I could get home, they actually called me on the phone and said, you know, come out to dinner with us. And so thinking I'm about to taste freedom. And, uh, you know, they, as two people who I thought of as my brothers, I was like, of course, guys, uh, you know, I'd do anything for you. So uh, went out to dinner with them and they said the now famous words, which is, we could do this without you, but we don't want to. And, and that's, that's what I needed to hear at the time. Like I really needed to know that we were connected as people and as friends and that we had this amazing brotherhood. And in that moment, I realized what was really important to me in business. And it wasn't money. It was camaraderie and connection and having a belief and a mission and something that I was willing to fight for. That was all just, um, you know, that sort of soft stuff that, that humans are made of and, um, allowed myself to see the potential beauty in, in doing something that we could believe in and be willing to fight for. And they agreed that, you know, they were just as unhappy as I was. And secretly they had been unhappy for a long time as well. And that we were all on the same page about wanting to build something that would bring value to people that we would believe in and fight for, and that we would love every day, even if we were losing. And that really, 
became a mantra for us. You know, what would we do and love even if we were failing? And so for three very different answers, that ended up being um, health and nutrition, uh, which is obviously the basis of Quest Nutrition. And the mission of Quest Nutrition is, is very simple. It's very grand, but it's very simple. We want to end metabolic disease. Boom. And boom. And in taking a stance on something that big um, that we really think is going to take you know, 25 years, it, it's kept us focused on the long term. It's kept us focused on value. And it's been a gut check to say, are we really passionate enough about this to do it for 25 years? And you know, the answer for us is a resounding yes. And so we had offers uh, to sell the company for over a billion dollars. And if we were after money, we would have sold and each bought our own island and um, just been done with it. But uh, at the end of the day, that's not what we wanted. That's not what's driving us. And we learned that lesson, right? And that's why I say the company was born out of misery. It's a reaction to doing things the wrong way. It's a reaction to chasing money. It's a reaction to thinking somehow that you get lasting fulfillment um, out of your bank account. And you're never going to. And look, money's powerful, man. Money's amazing. It is the great facilitator. And the, some of the coolest stuff that we're doing at Quest because we have access to resources. And if we didn't have access to those resources, then we wouldn't be able to do this stuff. So this is not a knock on money. This is just saying that money can come in the service of delivering value to others in the service of a grander mission. And when you make that demand of yourself, when you say, I'm going to make all of my money based on delivering more value to these people than anybody else, you put yourself in an amazing position where you can feel good about what you're doing. You can build framework happiness around it, something that it's about becoming something rather than having something. And that, that was super uh, important for us to realize and led us to build Quest in a totally different way where we don't focus on profits, we don't focus on money, we focus on value. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. I think that you guys are an amazing case study of how to build an incredibly successful, impactful business with a soul as opposed to without a soul while having fun because you guys obviously do that and bootstrapping and then going on to making a ton of money. And and I, you know, Harvard should come out and do one of those case studies on you guys because it's amazing. So what steps can entrepreneurs look to you as an example of to to ensure that their product or service passes what I call the soul test. You really have to be building something that has a strong why. You've got to know why you're doing what you're doing, not just what you're doing, but why. And when you have that mission, and that mission is around delivering value to people, and it's geared towards solving a real problem. And the reason that's important is when you're solving a real problem, 
people are going to pay for that value and what you're doing is going to matter. And we live in this highly connected, super social era where companies can be rewarded or punished based on either having a mission or not having a mission because people are making this amazing demand. This is so beautiful and something that I really, really love about being a businessman at this point. Your community cares about what you're trying to do. They want to know about what you're trying to do. And they want to involve themselves in that. So all of a sudden, you live in this world where people can learn the truth of why your company exists beyond your products, right? Because you can understand our protein bar without understanding that we built that protein bar to end metabolic disease. Or you can understand that protein bar or the peanut butter cups or the protein chips in context of their role in ending metabolic disease. And that informs something about your relationship with that product and what it means to be eating those products or saying something about that brand. And it's, it is so cool because now this army of people can rise up with you. And if people really begin to understand that putting your most authentic desire out into the world and telling people about it and being sincere and being almost naked in what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it and inviting them in to be a part of it, man, that's, that's how we've been able to grow as fast as we have. Like this company is all about that community. We really feel like it's the, the community that's risen up around quest that owns this brand. And that's a rad feeling. And you use that, your, that community and, and the mission of the company to filter through every other decision, right? As opposed to just, uh, this pro this tool costs X and is going to, uh, we'll have to wait 18 months to recuperate the expense of that purchasing that piece of equipment. You're, so you're using the mission and the community to, to make decisions, basically. A hundred percent. And delivering value to them becomes that filter that you use. You know, Do you buy this piece of equipment? Well, how much value is that going to deliver to the community? And we've made some crazy decisions that from the outside, people think we are out of our minds. We recently changed our fiber source And the reason that we changed our fiber source was because we found a better fiber that from a metabolic standpoint was just way more advantageous. Um, And we used to use this fiber called isomalto oligosaccharide uh, or IMO for short. And the scientific community began to ask questions. Is IMO even really a fiber? Um, And the science community will answer that, but it looks with every passing day more and more like the answer is no. So as soon as the scientific community began to ask that question, we said, we've got to move away from it. We've got to get something that is just bulletproof, that's metabolically advantageous, that we can really stand behind and say, this is amazing. And so uh, we moved to a much, much more expensive fiber without changing the cost of our product. So we cut our profitability almost in half. It's been kind of crazy. Um, but for us, it was the easiest decision in the world. And I remember when we were going through this, I set an alarm in my phone that said, have the guts to be poor. And what that meant to me was don't get trapped by your success, right? Like remember why you're doing what you're doing. And we knew going into it, like this is going to really impact, um, our profitability, but we knew we had to do it because at the end of the day, that's the only way for a company to stay relevant for 25 years. You know, if it's really going to take us 25 years to end metabolic disease, we've got to be relevant for that long. We've got to be trusted for that long. That's not going to happen by accident. That's going to happen because every time you had a decision to make, you made the decision based on what was better, what delivered more value to your customer. I mean, you know, take the mission, take the community that you've built and that trust that you've built within that community and tossed it out there. And now you guys are, you've grown almost 60,000% uh, 
since you started. You're a billion-dollar company. What's been the most difficult challenge you've faced as, a, as an organization? You literally just said it there. That kind of growth is crazy difficult. And before we got into this, I'm not sure that we would have realized, like, there's two problems that you face as Quest Nutrition. Water, believe it or not, which I never would have guessed at the beginning of this journey that water is what makes a product rot. And so getting shelf stability is all about learning to control uh, what they call water activity. Didn't see that one coming, but now we're like experts in water activity. Uh, And then the second one is that growth is the riskiest thing that you can do in your business. And if you want to have a truly hyper growth company like Quest, you're going to have to get really, really adept um, at dealing with that growth because we didn't take outside capital. So we self-financed through the operations of the business that growth of nearly 60,000%. You know, when we were talking uh, earlier, we talked about the Quest belief system and how it's bigger than just a mission statement. And then it surpasses the BS of core values, quote unquote. Can you and I love at the end how you how you talk about we consider ourselves missionaries first and entrepreneurs second. And we'll link to this page in the show notes. But can you tell us like how you developed this quest belief system and and the process that you personally went through to to get there? Yeah, absolutely. So we were, like you were saying, we were as a company really trying to come up with what are our core values? You know, as you grow, one of the problems that you face is some of the employees don't really understand the company itself. They applied for a job, they were qualified, they got the job, but they may not necessarily understand exactly what it means to be working at Quest. Like what does Quest stand for exactly? So we wanted to write these core values down and just make it clear. And as I was doing it, we were looking at some of the like most amazing companies on the planet, companies that I really respect, but I'm reading their core values and I'm like, these aren't real. Like they're easy to tell people, but if you try to live your life by that mantra, it's going to be pretty meaningless, right? So as I was getting in a cocoon of frustration, which happens to me from time to time, about my inability to figure out what our core values are. In one sitting, I sat down and wrote the Quest belief system, which ended up being 25 bullet points. And it was me trying to write the treasure map of what I had done to my mind to go from scrounging in the couch cushions to find enough change to put gas in my car. It's a real story. And it's really where I started um, to founding and running a, you know, a billion dollar company. So In all of that, I realized there are some real truths here that anyone can apply to their life, no matter what they're trying to accomplish, that will allow them to, in my language, escape the matrix. And so, because, you know, as I was saying earlier, the matrix is essentially your mindset. You're either limiting yourself or setting yourself free based on what you're doing to cultivate a mindset that can move you forward. And so the 25 bullet points that became the belief system were those things. It's it's just the universal truths of human psychology. Mindset and, and self-awareness are things that you guys talk about a lot as an organization internally, but I know also through Inside Quest. And there's a lot of buzz around that right now in the business community at large. What do you think has stirred up this interest in mindset and self-awareness despite the fact that it's nothing new? Um, it, anything that's real I think is going to last. So the fact that this isn't new, I don't think it's ever going to go away. And the reason that I think it's really making a big resurgence right now is we live in this amazing time where the 
world of becoming an entrepreneur is completely democratized. And what I mean by that is the hurdles that existed, I mean, even 15, 20 years ago, you needed a serious amount of capital to launch a business. And now it's like, you can do it online. You can, I mean, you can 3D print things at your house with something that doesn't cost more than a grand or two. I mean, it's literally crazy. And I think there's some that are even cheaper than that. So the, the hurdles that stand between somebody and becoming an entrepreneur now are literally zero. And if people are making a excuses, you know, that, that makes me very sad for them because compared to how hard it used to be to start a company, it's, it literally is non-existent. So, um, the reason that you're getting all of these entrepreneurs talking about all this stuff is the shift in going to a hyper socially connected world in which we have these amazing tools like podcasts to be able to go out there and talk about this stuff. And I think a lot of people, they just really want to deliver value. They want to do something great. So they're putting this content out there. I mean, with Inside Quest, uh, which is our podcast, we don't monetize that at all. We don't try to sell anything. We don't even talk about Quest Nutrition on Inside Quest. And the reason we don't do that is I want people to know at the end of the day, Quest is about transformation. Quest is about delivering value. It's about helping people live their most authentic and amazing life. That's what we want to help people with. Now, I think if we do that and we show people that we really care, it's going to come back to us. It's going to say something positive about the brand. It's going to make people want to use the brand and the products, which we have built to deliver value. So you get this self-reinforcing loop. But we don't need to push product. And we're trying to give real advice and Whenever somebody is giving advice that's real, it's going to last. And as a member of uh, the Quest community and a listener of Inside Quest, I mean, I can testify that you guys are delivering in spades. And, and I, I love all of the stuff that you guys are, are producing, and I'm a big-time consumer of it. Um, last couple of questions. I read this book, and this title just struck me. It's The title of the book is called, How Will You Measure Your Life? And I ask this question of all of my guests. So, Tom... How will you measure your life? First, I, I want to just thank you for what you said about the community and for being a member of the community. But the thing I didn't see coming that has been the greatest joy for us is how the community supports each other. And if you look at like some of the comments, especially on Inside Quest, man, if you go on our YouTube channel or on Facebook, it is crazy. These guys are supporting each other, helping each other launch companies. I mean, it's, it is absolutely phenomenal. And so I'm, I am eternally grateful to you and everyone else in that community for um, supporting each other. It's absolutely um, bonkers. And then the way that I'm going to measure my life is for me very simple. I, and I really think that it's unique to every individual. Um, but for me, it's all about going back to that concept of framework happiness, which I really, I didn't take uh, much time to define. So let me define it now. Momentary happiness is like a bowl of ice cream, right? Uh, and a bowl of ice cream is amazing. And anybody that tells you that it's not is crazy. And you can put them in an fMRI machine. I can give them a piece of cake, a cookie, uh, <laughs> ice cream, and you can see it register in the fMRI machine as the dopamine centers of the brains light up and you see just the reward centers going crazy. And you, I'm sure you know this study, but you can put some somebody um, eating sugar and somebody doing cocaine in an fMRI, and it looks the same on the scan. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So we all know that works. It really will cheer you up if you're in a bad mood, been having a bad day, an awesome meal is going to cheer you up. But it's fleeting, and it goes away. And you can actually, with food anyway, you can get into a pretty negative spiral of you eat something because it makes you feel good, it cheers you up, but then you feel worse, you 
you look worse. And so the only thing that cheers you up again is a little more of that food. And, you know, you get into this downward spiral. So the, um, the, the goal is to find the type of happiness that isn't fleeting. And that type of happiness is what I call framework happiness, which is all about becoming something. And oftentimes it's born of discipline. It's born of suffering. It's born of self-denial. And the one that I use to explain is the gym. I hate going to the gym. I know a lot of people love it. They get an endorphin rush. I am not that guy for whatever reason. Uh, For me, it's just a slog. And But I do it. And I show up every day because I have goals that are important to me about not only just longevity and living a long life, but being strong, having physical strength and living, um, not just being alive for, you know, a hundred plus years, but really living a functional life and feeling good doing it. So going to the gym is very important to me. And part of what builds into my framework happiness is that I had the discipline to show up today. I didn't necessarily want to come and do this, but I did it because I am willing to do these things that are in service of my goals. And that sense of becoming the person that you want to be and doing the things you need to do and getting all these small victories every day uh, because you're taking step towards becoming that person, that, that to me is framework happiness. That's something no one can take away from you. And that's important. It's not fleeting. It's not in somebody else's control. Somebody could tell me that I'm lazy, but I know that's not true. I know that I show up every day. I actually am freakishly lazy, but I overcome my laziness every day uh, to do the things that I want to do, to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. So nobody is able to assail me in those things because I prove it to myself every day. And that's framework happiness. So to really boil down the thing that I say in my mind about how I will measure myself is I want to see how many skills I can acquire that have utility and then put that utility to the test. So that's why I exist in the world of business. I want to see have the things that I've learned about people and psychology and nutrition and media and marketing, do they actually work? And if they do, then I should be able to build a company that brings value and continues to grow. And if they don't, they won't. And then I'll have to address my skill set. Amazing. How can our subscribers connect with you, follow you, et cetera? The easiest way is inside Quest. I pour my absolute heart and soul into that. And it's a podcast stroke YouTube channel that we do specifically to help people get out of the matrix, the way that I define it, to get out of a negative mindset, a mindset that's holding them back, to give them the skills that they're going to need to go on and do amazing things. And we've had just some absolutely earth-shatteringly cool people on the show, Um, everybody from Tim Robbins. Uh, sorry. Wow. Everybody from Tony Robbins to um, Tim Ferriss to Carol Dweck, who wrote the book Mindset, to uh, Ryan Holiday, who wrote The Obstacle is the Way. Um, just some some amazing people. Blake Leeper, a double amputee who... That is, was a great episode. Oh, thank you, man. That, he's just incredible. He's training for the able-bodied Olympics, and he's missing both legs. It's like, you want yeah. to talk about somebody who doesn't make excuses. So... All of, uh, all of those people have just come and shared their wisdom, and it's been utterly, utterly astonishing and, and amazing. So you can connect with me there. I'm hyperactive in that community. Um, and you can follow me personally at, at Tom Bilyeu. That's uh, Tom. And then my last name is spelled B as in Bravo, I-L-Y-E-U. And we'll be sure to uh, link to all of that in the show notes as well. Any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners as they continue their own quest? 
Absolutely. Your mind is everything. And the narrative that you tell yourself about yourself is the most important thing in your life. And if you don't take the time to construct and repeat a narrative that is empowering, you are doing yourself a disservice. So really think about what is your narrative? Who are you to you? So the narrative that I tell myself is I may not be the smartest, um, but I am the one who's willing to suffer the most to learn. And I will learn from anybody. I will learn quickly. And I never let my ego get in the way. I don't focus on being right. I focus on the right answer. And I literally just say that to myself over and over and over and over and over. So anytime where I get kicked in the teeth because I was wrong or said something stupid or did something that didn't work, I remind myself, I don't value myself on being right or being smart. I value myself on working hard and learning fast and pursuing the right answer. Amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show. We look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for having me on. I mean, it's really an honor. I think what you're doing is awesome. The very name of your show says it all. Uh, So thanks again, man. It was a real pleasure. You are very welcome. If you aren't motivated and pumped up after that conversation I just had and shared with you with Tom Bilyeu, then we need to call your doctor and get you checked out right away. It's apparent that mindset is critically important to Tom and his belief system about the impact that they are going to have in the lives of others and in the world through Quest Nutrition. And one of the things that he talked about in the episode was framework happiness versus momentary happiness, which requires discipline and self-denial because you have a sense of becoming something greater or bigger than you are right now. And that was something that I took away and was very pumped up about. In fact, Tom came up with the Quest belief system, which were really 25 mindset changes he had to make in his own life to help realize and make the dream of Quest Nutrition a reality. I really want to hear from you about what you took away from this episode. So go over to Facebook and type in the search bar at Impact Entrepreneur Show and be sure to comment on the page and let me know what you think about this particular episode. I have a big request. If you would please share this episode and this podcast with all of your friends and family, I would super appreciate it. And be sure to head over to iTunes and write a review and rate the show there at iTunes. It helps keep us up in the charts, which helps us spread this this message of impact throughout the world. Thanks again for tuning in. And thanks again for Cody and his team at the Podcast Masters for helping me produce an awesome show. Now go make an impact.